Hi, I'm Ashley Trevajo from Ashley Trevajo Mortgages, and you're listening to the SME Podcast. You are now listening to the next great small business podcast. Welcome to the SME Stories Podcast, where it is all about small businesses in Canada. And here's your host, Ken Alfred. Hey everybody, thanks for down on the show. We got a great episode today with Ashley Travaio. Now, Ashley is a licensed mortgage agent with Sherwood Mortgage Group, a published author, and most importantly, a mom of two small children. Ashley got licensed to sell mortgages in Ontario in the height of the pandemic with a newborn and a toddler in 2020. As a mom and entrepreneur, she knows firsthand the difficulties and stresses that those two groups have around home financing and the curveballs life will throw. She has also co-authored a chapter in the book, Honest as a Mother, Volume 1, and is going to be in Volume 2 later this year. When she isn't being a mortgage agent, she's spending time with her children and husband. So we have a very interesting episode today, guys. So we're back in the real estate space, but now we're speaking from, um, in previous episodes, we've had it from the real estate agent side, maybe some of the investment side. Now we're actually dealing from the mortgage side. So it's going to be nice to hear what Ashley has to say and maybe some advice you can give to anyone looking to get in to, to become a mortgage broker. So sit back and absorb. Let me ask you this then, really, before we get into our tips from the pro segments here, what what mm-hmm. has been your biggest failure, but also your biggest success so far? Hmm. Um, you know what? I, I, the first brokerage I joined was phenomenal. I did switch to another brokerage, um, had really high expectations of it, and I was there for a hot minute. Like I got in, decided it was not for me and going back to like being able to interview your brokerages. And I was just like, Oh my God, as if I just left this great brokerage, joined this one, did not have a great experience. However, so like there's a lot of like, Oh, why did I do that? I feel so dumb for doing that, you know, but now I've joined Sherwood and now I've met so many amazing people. So I really truly feel like my little stint very small stint of that brokerage and really seeing like again what priorities and and values i have in my personal life and it brought me to sherwood because of some other amazing human beings that i met along the way so, so. when someone's listening to this they could have yeah. said okay you left a good brokerage to go to a, your second brokerage you found out like you said for basically mm-hmm. a cup of coffee that it wasn't going to work out <laughs> i guess a lot of people say well why don't you mm-hmm. just go back to the first one again is it something that once you leave a brokerage you not to say that you can't come back but is there like a whole process like I said no I I think there was like you can totally go back um I left on amazing terms um you know I I never had a problem at my other uh, other brokerage the second brokerage like I said I think I just had really high expectations it's kind of like the selling dreams kind of thing (laughs) um and um and I I was like oh do I go back I think a part of it was probably my pride to be honest yeah yeah. like do you go back like oh you know again because it was like not like such a great move to begin with yeah. you know <laughs> sorry, sorry to cut you out do you remember did you ever used to watch the simpsons uh, back in the day yeah i don't know if you remember this i, I used to remember watching as yeah as you know 10 year old and you know my god now i'm like <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna mention my age now but but i remember there was an episode where the main character homer simpson decided to leave his company which leave the company he worked at the power plant to get his dream mm-hmm. job to work in a bowling alley that was his that was his dream right because they had all mm-hmm. the finances figured out because with they only had i think two out of the three kids at that time so once they found out they were having the third child they the num- mm-hmm. it threw the numbers out of whack that he had to leave his dream job and the reason why i mentioned the story is that it's 
a little bit touch upon what she was saying about maybe the pride thing is that in that, I remember a screenshot, he had to go back to the power plant to go to apply for a job. And then you saw mm -hmm. the main door that said applicants, right? So everyone knows to walk in. And then you see a doggy door for sub-applicants. So for the people who left the power plant that wanted to come back, they had to go through a doggy door just to try to reapply yeah. back that in. So, so that was my... It's like you're crawling back with exactly, your tail between your legs right? kind of thing, right? It's same thing. I wouldn't like, when, when I'll try to make this fast too, is that when I, when my wife and I decided to live together uh, just before we got married, right? I wasn't making any money because, you know, I was like, and she was doing her master's. I was doing a, a master's in, in project management. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we weren't really making much money, right? Not much money at all that my parents would. And I already kind of moved out of the house. We lived in a condo at Young and Finch here. And uh, they were, mm -hmm. you know, it's almost like my parents trying to give me money for it. And I, and I wouldn't take it just because you said the pride thing. Cause I said, all right, if I leave the house, I cannot come back. I can come back to visit and hang out, maybe do an occasional sleepover. If let's say, you know, Oh, our, our mm -hmm. place is getting fumigated. Can I stay? Yeah. Something like that. But to go back and live was totally out mm -hmm. of the question for me. Cause I, like you said, I'm too stubborn and my pride will get in the way. <laughs> But uh, yeah. anyway, so now we're going to get to our, oh, we forgot to hear. You heard about your biggest failure, which is that second brokerage. What about your biggest success? You know what? Honestly, I think my biggest success is just hitting over two years in the business with everything that I've been juggling, <laughs> you know, like going into it from a brand new career, like totally opposite industry. Um, as I mentioned, my kids were eight months and just about three years old when I first joined my first brokerage. And the fact that I've got through my husband teaching from home, lockdowns, no village to support, lean on, and, you know, like virtual school last year with my Jake, my junior kindergartner oh my and God. everything. Like when we started with the online school. So week. like, <sighs> I know that's a really touchy subject for parents, <laughs> but no, I think honestly, I think like that's my biggest success is that like, I'm still here and I'm still pushing. I'm still grinding. I'm still showing up every oh, day. That, so that's great. That's great. So, Hey, do you need an error-free website? Do you need transcriptions that's accurate and on time? Would you like to remove noise from your video or audio recording? Do you need a spokesperson for your business? If so, we can help. At Northway Capital Group, we are happy to announce that we are now providing website testing services, audio transcriptions, and audio cleanup, as well as spokesperson services. We would love to help you on your next project. Contact us for more information at northwaycapitalgroup at gmail.com. Now it's time for tips from the pro. All right, let's get to our tips from the program. So these are the people that want to get in as, as a mortgage agent. And uh, now mm -hmm. we're asking the actual expert, Ashley herself, what would be some of the things that she would pass on to the, uh, to the next generation? So if, I'm, if I want to become a mortgage agent, where, which is, I'll call it easier, not being easy as in learning, but to maybe get some short-term success, is it more on the residential side or the commercial side of mortgages? I would say residential. Even though commercial, you can make a lot of money, they're a longer drawn out process, right? Where like, if you think about buying a residential home, it's normally a quicker process. Someone's not going to go buy like a 10 mil plus commercial property in the next like 30 days, typically, right? Well, like Ashley, let me tell you how my podcast is going. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> You know, like, like, you know, if you really think like it's more of a, so I feel like it, the commercial could still be, do well. It's more 
like the the actual transaction from point A to point B from actual closing date, I think is a lot longer drawn out. Okay, so residential area. And what is what do you find is the one that may generate the most revenue generally for you? So there's the mortgages, and I think you said some of like the refinances as well. Is there any other like what are the different ways a mortgage agent can make uh, revenue for their business? Is it just um, so yeah, there's there's purchases, which I, I mean, especially if you're living in this area, folks, <laughs> some homes can be really pricey. So like if you're buying that home, you know, some of the, the purchase mortgages are quite high. Um, refinances is a good way too. even again, even down here, some people are refinancing still at like 500,000 plus where like I have colleagues that live in like northern Ontario. And you know their average mortgage is what, like two fifty three hundred. And I always joke with them. I say you'd be lucky to buy a parking spot downtown <laughs> Toronto for that. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> so I definitely purchases, refinances, um, and possibly second mortgages. We do have um, access to some like home equity line of credit products too, which is an option. We are also seeing a lot of people are in our mortgage space are developing courses for mortgage agents. So that's another stream of income. So like they want to train um, mortgage agents on specific niches and whatnot. So we're, I'm seeing a lot of that happening in the space. Are you going to start creating your own course there, Ashley? It seems like a lot of entrepreneurs, they do their own course way. Someone said, why don't I do I my know, own course? Like I don't know thing. if I want to do that yet. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think for me, I don't know if I want to do a, a course. Also, a lot of people, so I say, so there's like the traditional mortgages, but then, and courses. And we're also seeing a lot of people going into like the podcasting realm too, as like, and some can monetize off of it, of course. So that's like another um, way to bring in income. All right. Excellent. Next question. How do you keep on top of the mortgage industry space? Like what resource do you use? Was it magazines or online subscriptions and networking groups? Um, so uh we have a couple facebook groups that are for specifically for mortgage agents there's like a newbie mortgage agent group which is like really great for newer agents because you have some of the vets the legends if you will they like chime in so it's nice um there's an, an there's a i love mortgage brokering same kind of thing there's also another really great one for, it's called women in the mortgage industry because historically is very male dominated industry so you know you have again have some of these like trailblazers and of, of women in the industry that are in the group and basically can ask like any question and often you have people helping each other out which is amazing um i have a mentor that i can go to who she's got like 20 years experience so it's like hey have you done this before you know um yeah, I'm trying to think of, and then, yeah, networking is important, whether it's with people in the industry or outside. Uh, and we also get updated um, information and whatnot from our lenders too. Okay. So a lot of like our, yeah, like our business development managers for each individual lender, they often send us emails, tips and tricks, different products they have. They'll send us rate sheets. So yeah, that's all like how we try to stay um, in touch with it. I mean, it's lately it's been like, it feels like it changes almost daily yeah. sometimes, right? So it is it can be challenging to stay on top of it, but those are kind of my go-tos. Interesting. And so what is, I think one of the questions here too is, you know, if I'm a mortgage agent, do I have to become a mortgage broker or can I stay always as an agent? And what is your opinion on you becoming a broker? 
yeah, you can always stay an agent if you want. Um, a broker just gives you a little bit more responsibility. Um, and my mentor often refers to it as like the agent is kind of like, you know, your G1, right? Like you can still do everything, but there's a few couple little restrictions, right? Maybe like you can't do certain things. And then like, and then like, right. And then like a broker is like your G2G kind of space, you know, like you can do more. Like, for example, if you're a broker, often you can become like a team lead or you can possibly even open your own brokerage once and like, you know, so that's how I kind of look at it. So is that, is that the future for yourself there actually is to become a broker as well? Or are you very content at this point to stay as an agent? Cause I don't know what the requirements are. If someone said, okay, I'm an agent. Now I want to be a broker. Are you familiar with the steps on how to become a broker? So yeah, there's further education to do the broker. Um, I believe I'm trying to remember now. I think it's um, as long as you have two years as an agent, then you're, you can do the course and write the exam to become a broker. Um, it is something I've considered. Uh, yeah, I think, but right now I think I'm kind of content doing the agent thing because I'm doing everything that I want to at this point and I'm I still, I'm licensed and qualified to do. Yeah. Cause then if you're a broker, then you have to manage a team of mortgage agents, right? So, you know, if you're, you're dealing with a couple of kids right now, can you imagine dealing with, you know, potentially more? And I'm not calling, I'm not calling mortgage think... agents kids, but if you're saying that somewhat of a responsibility that. You know, because they're representing kind of you, right? Because when you're a mortgage agent, you're representing a brokerage. So you want to make sure the people you're bringing yeah. on are going to do your name justice, right? Mm -hmm. And that's and that's just it. And I mean, I might I'm probably guilty of it as well. But like some of the, especially newer agents, we do need sometimes they need a little bit more handholding too, yeah. right? So like you just said, like um, I already have two young kids. I don't know if I need to add more kids to my. <laughs> Grown-up kids we're talking about. Grown-up kids, yes, yes, grown-up kids. All right, next question. The last couple of questions on Tish and the Pro here. So is there any special insurance a mortgage agent needs to carry? Uh, so when you join your brokerage, you are required to pay something called errors and emissions insurance. I, I believe it's around three to 400 bucks a year, but um, depending on the brokerage and whatnot, but basically it's exactly what it sounds, errors and emissions. It does protect you in most situations, um, unless you're committing fraud, but you know, but like a <laughs> little touchy there too, but um, it, that's our insurance. Interesting, okay. So definitely something to definitely have, okay. What is your best strategy yeah. to deal with difficult, I'm gonna call them clients, but maybe difficult, uh, difficult staff that you might have to work with? Um, you know, in terms of clients, I do try to like get them on the phone and do a bit of a discovery call right off the hop. Um, and sometimes, you know, you can kind of get a vibe for if you're going to mesh with the person or not. Right. And again, going back to being an entrepreneur, the beautiful thing about being an entrepreneur is you can fire your clients <laughs> straight up. Like, do you know, do you know what I mean? Like, like if they're, if they're really like, I'm talking about like being disrespectful, right. rude, like I, I don't have tolerance for that, nor do I have time for that. Right. right. <laughs> Again, I have like a toddler who likes to yell and throw food at me right now. So like, <laughs> I don't need, I don't need, again, grown up children doing the same, you know what I, I mean? Like spaghetti so thrown at me by grown up children. No one wants that. <laughs> yeah. No one wants that. Who wants that? <laughs> but you know, like, so it's like, I, 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 you know, I think it goes, you, you try to draw and you try to attract the people that you're, you you know, you're going to mesh with but it does happen right if and when that does happen i i mean luckily i haven't had that happen where like i've had to totally be like look this isn't gonna work out bye but um yeah 
it would be if I, if someone on my team wanted to take over, maybe <laughs> refer them on to them. I was, but I a... <laughs> also do it with full disclosure, right? <laughs> I was always the sloppy seconds guy for any of the places I worked at. So if there was a difficult account, <laughs> if there was the one the project that no one wanted. Ken will take it because I'm just a nice guy about it. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll take it on. Now, as I'm getting over older in my career, I'm like, if you want to give me a project on something, I might have to say no. Cause you got to tell me where, how much work is actually getting done. Cause I've been, I've been burned yeah. too many times by saying, yeah, you know, it's not much that needs to get done. Just, to, just, just pursue just, just a small piece of work just to get to the end. I get in there and it's like, a can of worms what the hell is this right it's like pandora's yeah. box opened and now i have to do redo almost everything that this person did ahead of me so it's like yeah i don't know if i want to say yes to that so but yeah and you know and i was just thinking too i guess like in again whether if and in any industry if it's clients if it's colleagues whatever i think too like when you're dealing with something that may be a little bit difficult there's obviously there's also a difference is it that like maybe there needs to be like an education piece and maybe that's why there there's a little bit of difficulty dealing with them or are they just plain rude and disrespectful yeah because there's definitely a difference you know like <laughs> lack of education or awareness of a certain job or task or, or situation is definitely different than just being a jerk exactly <laughs> you know like <laughs> hey you do you need a voiceover well, look no farther. Northway Capital Group has your answer. Commercials and explainer videos, AVR and voicemail, health and wellness, corporate training and e-learning, announcements, documentaries, and biography. Contact us on social media or email us at northwaycapitalgroup at gmail.com. Now it's time for the rapid fire round. <laughs> All right. So here, we'll try to make these last one here. We're in the rapid fire round now. So we'll try to make these ones faster and quicker. Okay. But you know what? I have a feeling they still might last longer than I expected. So all right, what has been your funniest story so far running your business? Oh, um, I think going like I, I think about just the nonsense of the pandemic and lockdowns. I remember my husband literally teaching grade one gym class in my living room. Um, and I'm like trying to talk to clients. Then you got like the talk, like at a time, newborn trying to go to now. Like, it was just like, I look at the, in the moment, it was like, oh my God, this is insane. And now I can just kind of laugh at it. Cause I'm can like, you imagine, as if can, we did that. Could you imagine like, if that was a Zoom call that you were doing and you see your, your, your husband doing jumping jacks, you know, trying to do, you know, the thing with the kids and your newborn and a little baby running around. You're like, well, maybe not babies running around, but you know, that whole time, yes. but that would have been normal at the time because it was totally normal yeah. totally normal. Do you know how many youtube <laughs> but like i said now i just kind of can chuckle you just have to laugh at it because it's like oh my god we got through yeah. that like <laughs> it's like if you look at now if you youtube zoom calls chat with cats how many how many cats have done the, the zoom calls and i had one podcast where they literally jumped on my lap while i was trying and i thought the door was closed but my cat was able to get oh in god. so all right good to know about yeah. that one and i know this one means a lot especially is is how do you balance how do you maintain that work-life balance because like you said husband kids entrepreneur where it is like a commission based it's not like you're getting like monthly retainers of, of revenue coming in so how do you balance all that mm -hmm. out um we, first of all, I'm happy that my son goes to school full time in senior <laughs> kindergarten. And we have an awesome daycare lady um, that lives across the street. So it's like finding those people and those that village, so to speak, that you can that. Okay, bye. Um, <laughs> and um, it's just like, 
for me, I'm very, I'm very open and look, like I tell my clients, I tell any of my like client, um, people, colleagues, referral partners, I'm like, I have kids. Full disclosure, I have small kids. If I don't pick up the phone the second it rings, chances are I'm dealing with a meltdown. Yes. Like the end, like there doesn't need to be any further, like, and the way I see it is if someone doesn't respect that, Bye. Yeah, because <laughs> you know <laughs> you can imagine if they if they have an issue with it now. I'm like, my goodness, what what kind of people are you, man? Because mm-hmm. if people don't understand yeah. at this point that a lot of people are dealing with a lot of things right now, you know, it's not like mm-hmm. it's not like you're rude about it, but you you kind of told them up front. Look, I got a couple young kids, so I might not be answering your the phone right away. That doesn't mean I'm not, I don't care about your business and I don't want to or I care about you as a client, mm-hmm. but just keep in mind I have something to take care of and I will get to yours as soon as I can kind of thing versus yeah. you know being like waiting for that phone to ring and just hitting it just you know it doesn't work like yeah. that. Maybe if you're single with no kids, sure, but not when you're you know mm-hmm. And, and you know that too, like it's tough, it right? Is. Like it is life tough. happens. So like with these guys, like, you know, you got kids sick or whatever. Um, yeah, it's definitely like, I think just being open with them is just a way to actually bring a little balance to your life. All right. And calendars, calendars, calendars. I have calendars <laughs> all over the house. If it ain't on the Google calendar, <laughs> it's not happening. That's what I told my it's, family. And it's friends, not happening. Right? So, yep. <laughs> excellent. All right. Next question. What would the 15 year old self be thinking you'd be doing right now? Ooh, at 15. 15. At 15, believe it or not, I thought I was going to be going into early childhood education. Really? Okay. I remember, yeah, I did like a, you know, the placement in like a kindergarten class, all the works. Oh, wow. I've done like this huge, like, (laughs) (laughs) huge revelation in my life, apparently. (laughs) Now, let me ask you this then, a follow-up. What posters did you have in your room when you were 15? Posters at 15. Oh, gosh. I'm trying to think. Um, posters, posters. What was happening when I was 15? That was like 2002, <laughs> three. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I like, I remember having posters, but I think I was a little bit younger. But I remember like doing like having Hanson and like Backstreet Boys uh, <laughs> and like Spice, Spice Girls. Girls. Like, I remember those days. All right. No, I had like, when I was younger, I had like, I was a big WWE fan. So I had like wrestling, wrestlers oh, in my okay. room, some cars, some hockey photos, and some, uh, and Bruce Lee. I was mm-hmm. a martial arts fan. So that was, that was always kind of funny. So, all right. If you could sit with, <laughs> anyone living or dead on a 15 hour flight who would it be and why oh wow um oh that's tough honestly i would love to sit with like and almost any of like either my family that has passed or even my husband's family i would love to learn more about our history um my family's history but also my husband's too they my husband's trinidadian so he doesn't know a lot of his like backstory and i I, i'm just generally curious especially now that like you know you have kids and you want to know about your background and your roots yeah. right so i would actually love to learn more about nah, that you know who my two were i'll say both living and dead so if it was living mm-hmm. i would actually want to sit with dwayne the rock johnson and just ask him because for someone who <laughs> who doesn't never has to worry about money ever why mm-hmm. is he so driven to keep continuing right like it's like the i don't know when the dudes i mean it's great that he works out i mean maybe that's the only reason maybe that's the only relaxation he gets but why mm-hmm. like you know, I guess to maybe for the average folk, you want to be able to make enough money that you can kind of do almost whatever you want. But he's taken yep. it to a num- umpteenth degree 
where it's like, if, if people had, let's say a couple million dollars, maybe they can probably get by and not do anything as long as they don't mm -hmm. go crazy with it. Right. But yeah. for someone who is like worth maybe almost a billion dollars, what, what, what he just keeps showing up in movies. Yeah, He shows up in movies. <laughs> he's running different companies. He has like WWE returns yes. and everything. You, what drives you? <laughs> And but and, but yeah. the, but on the one that like you passed would actually be my late father, and just to ask him his idea on child rearing because and we we lost him unfortunately mm -hmm. before my daughter turned one, so maybe back in twenty thirteen or so. So I would have loved okay. to see how he, you know, as like right now, you know, all right, I have a ten year old and eight year old. What 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 advice mm -hmm. can you give me, Dad, from that I'm not hearing from Mom? to tell me how how do you yeah. do this thing and how did you not strangle me when i was a teenager that's that's another thing i kind of would like to know where if i wanted not to say i'm going to strangle my son or my daughter but just saying you know when you want to throw them out the window like how how do you deal with, yeah. with that but uh, all right <laughs> anyway so next question here what are your guilty pleasures hmm um we watch a lot of like reality shows really and i know like some of it's like really junky <laughs> also you were like saying like it, again it's like so we we let my husband and i we grew up watching wwe both of us as well as kids and every now and then we'll throw on like raw and smackdown and stuff just to see and like it's just like so entertaining and again people are probably like that is garbage like why do you need to watch that? but it's just like can be it's like you know, that thing, I guess to his parents, it's like one of those things that you can throw on, you don't have to think about, yeah. and it's there, and it can be entertaining. But you know what, as a former, like, as I said, my kids <laughs> and I watch Ron Smackdown every week. That is kind of like our bonding yeah. moment. My wife yeah. goes above her head because she never was a fan, mm -hmm. but I've talked to a yeah. lot of guests that are wrestling fans, and I'm meeting up with some friends, and yeah. our kids, we're all going to go to either our house or their house, we're going to watch the Royal Rumble coming up end of january so nice. before you used to be embarrassed to be a wrestling fan i don't think you can be embarrassed anymore anymore like to be because mm -hmm. like it's so big now so i'm like oh it's, and it's very family friendly now so it's not like it's I, it's like it's kind of nostalgic too yeah. right when one like i'm sure i'm sure we're closest close-ish at age but like you know you see some of these like legends return or like oh my god or you know yes. like, it's like oh you feel it, right? Yeah, you do. And I can appreciate it. My kids appreciate it as well. Like they, they want to go. Mm. We went to our first WWE event back in, I think it was May of 2022, last year. Okay. Now, we were supposed Sweet. to go. I bought their tickets back in 2020 to go to the first mm. show, which got canceled. And then it was supposed yep. to be the end of 2020, which also got canceled. So it was a great experience. But now they want to go to like a Raw or SmackDown. Have you looked at the tickets for Toronto? Um. No, but I can imagine it's like insanely expensive. For the tickets that they want to sit at, because we saw I we oh, went they went front row yeah, like <laughs> we went to the Oshawa Center, right? I think mm -hmm. for um, yeah, we went to the Oshawa Center. One of the live, and it was one of the live events, and it was only like maybe three hundred bucks total. Like we were, you know, and there's okay. the four of us, right? We all had our wrestling shirts on. Yeah. My son had a Rey Mysterio mask. It was great. Oh my gosh. Right? But we were still on a, <laughs> on a dome seat, like a bowl seat, but you still had a decent view. Yeah. They want the, 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 the floor level. It's going to cost you around $1,600 on a live event to get like that. On a live? On a live so not even a pay-per-view. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> we want to go to SummerSlam. I think there's rumors that it might be in Toronto for SummerSlam for Edge's last match in toronto we don't mm. know if that's true or not but they want to spend yeah dad can we go to this we want to be at the front row like 1600 dollars for the four of us 
Are you out of your mind? And that's not even like front row where you can stick your hand out and the wrestlers can high five you. And they're touching. Yeah. <laughs> that could still be, you could still be on the floor seat, but if there's like five or six rows ahead of you and then you, God forbid, you have Shaquille O'Neal standing in front of you or sitting in front of you, yeah. you can't see a goddamn thing. But anyways, nope. aside from that, <laughs> off to that tangent. And I always make these last two questions that I think they're my, my bread and butter questions that I ask for the last part of it. If you can have a sandwich, what would be on it and what would you call it? Oh. Hmm. I don't know. Like, rapid, Ashley, rapid. <laughs> <laughs> That's not rapid at all, is it? Um, I It would definitely have cheese and maybe some like chicken, some kind of like spicy sauce, some lettuce. Yeah. And what would it be called? I don't know what it is. I don't know, the Ashley sandwich. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on a shirt. <laughs> All right, last question here on the rapid fire round now is what is your theme song and why? So that song hits, you're walking down the street, you're about to walk into your office, that song hits, people know Ashley's coming. Oh, you know what? This song, my husband and I came in like at our wedding and oh God, I think it's by Flo Rider. It's um, welcome to my house. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, <I like laughs> you know, that song. yeah. I think the, I don't know the name of it. But... Well, I'm just gonna call it my house, whatever. Because aside from yeah. relating to what you do, right, which is in the mortgage space, yeah. You know, I know the Toronto Blue Jays used that song as well for a while, but uh, that, that's interesting. So, all right, any final tips for the aspiring entrepreneur, Ashley, that you can give them? Um. I guess my two big ones that I've like learned and even sometimes still working through first of all is like find your people, find your village, whatever industry you're in, find a mentor, find people that uplift you, support you that you can go to for mindset help, any kind of help. I think that's really important as entrepreneurs. Um, and I guess tying into it is like, don't compare yourself, right? Everyone's situations are different. Like, you know, I've had a lot of like, even still it's like, Oh, I wish I, I wish I was, this far I got to that point or whatever but as I've talked about this entire time like I've also been balancing 50 different torches and hats and they've been all on fire right so <laughs> so I think those are my two big ones like find a village to support you you know that saying like it takes a village I really feel like it takes a village to uh, bring up a, a, a an entrepreneur and also like get rid of the imposter syndrome and like just do you exactly no that's great and final where can people reach out to you if they want to pick your brain on advice or if they want to do business with you where can they reach you yeah i'm on instagram ashley t mortgages and on facebook ashley trabajo mortgages and you can find all my information there all right well thanks a lot ashley for help for coming on the show you i know you helped out a lot of uh, a lot of listeners here so thank you very much Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Do you have a small business story to share? The SME Stories Podcast is looking for entrepreneurs to share their tales of success, failure, and everything. If you're interested in being a guest on our show or know someone will be a great fit, please contact us at Northway Capital Group at gmail.com. That's Northway Capital Group at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to the SME Stories Podcast, which is owned by Northway Capital Group. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Northway Capital Group.